Hello and welcome to episode 76 of the Atlanta Man Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rogers, and I am joined once again by my friend Evan Etheridge to uh talk about all three teams again. We've got a little bit of news on each of them. So uh, how are you feeling overall about the state of Atlanta sports right now? Out of a mixed bag. Um, you know, tough Falcons week, but um, you know, Hawks Hawks kind of had a rough week, but I don't know, man. It's uh it's, it's gonna be up and down all, all season long, I feel like so. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Hawks had a really good week last week. They only played three games. So it's kind of, if you lose two, you're kind of a bad week. You kind of got to take two or three to have a good week. So not the end of the world, but definitely not a great week. But uh, we'll talk about them in a second. We'll start off with this uh, Falcons game, which uh, this was the lone primetime game the Falcons played this year. Uh, Thursday night football against the Panthers. They lost this game 25 to 15 in really just agonizing fashion. Um, not agonizing in the sense of like a heartbreaking loss, but just a terrible football game to watch from any perspective. If you're a Falcons fan, a neutral fan, I, I, I could, I mean, I guess if you're a Panthers fan, it was all right to watch, but I think even most of their fan base is rooting for them to lose at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, this was kind of, it wasn't a must win for the Falcons, but definitely an important game as far as the uh, division title odds go. Um, so before we get into the details of this one, what was your overall thoughts on just the uh, overall team performance of how they played as a whole? This was a disgusting game. Uh, you, there was a little, uh, I think, a tropical storm coming up, and so you knew the yeah. weather was going to be bad, but the, the play was just as bad as the weather. I, I'm, st- I'm really starting to feel bad for Kirk Herbstreit and uh, Al Michaels up in the booth having to watch these Thursday, Thursday games. Yeah, I mean – They've gotten a few Broncos games that have been pretty equal to this one as far as just bad football goes. Um, and yeah, they've like, I mean, they've, uh, yeah, I feel bad for them too. <laughs> Amazon's endeavors since the NFL have been, I mean, I'm sure they're getting tons of money from the ratings. I'm sure a bunch of people are still watching it, but the games have just been terrible. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I do feel for those two guys and you can kind of tell with some of their analysis that they're just over it as well. <laughs> yeah. I, they just don't know what to funny. say. Sometimes they're, uh, yeah. they're just at a loss of words, not much to talk about really. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So we can get into the game. Um, we're not going to go like play by play because I mean, it would just probably take years off my life doing that. So we'll just kind of <laughs> go over the broad um, details. My first note was everyone was bad. Um, you know, like you said, with the weather, it's not a great conditions for a football. It was, Kind of spotty showers, but when it was raining, it was really coming down at times. So it was pretty heavy rains, but that doesn't excuse the fact of just some of the overall terrible play, um, particularly in the case of our quarterback, Marcus Mariota, who made some plays that have nothing to do with the weather. It was just straight boneheadedness and terrible football and whatever you want to call it. Um, the one thing about this game, though, that was actually surprising, surprising to me when I looked at the box score after was they actually ran the ball pretty well in this game. Now they had 25 total carries for 138 yards. It's five and a half yards a carry, which is pretty good. Um, it doesn't seem like that just because, uh, you know, just the, how the game flow went and how just terrible most of it was. I mean, a lot of it was Mariota who had three carries for 43 yards, which I guess that's his one bright spot of the game there. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of the a lot of the rushing came in the second half. I, I took a screenshot of the box score at halftime because just I just had a good laugh at it. it we had uh, 10 rushes for 15 yards. And yeah. uh, four receptions for 36 yards as a team. So it, disgusting first half, really. 
Yeah, and um, the real disappointment was Cordero Patterson, who uh, kind of threw up a stinker in this one. He had five carries for 18 yards, which is not great, and then he only had one reception for two yards, which that goes without saying is not great for him, um, especially as like the big-time playmaker of the offense. But the other, like, they really split up the carries pretty evenly between all the running backs. Algier had the most carries with eight. He was pretty bad in this game, too. He only had 20 yards. Uh, Huntley and Avery Williams ran the ball pretty well, I guess, but that was that all kind of came in the second half. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, everyone was bad in this game, even Young Hui Ku, who's usually as solid as they come. I know there's bad weather, but he missed two extra points, which that's unlike him. Um, I just want to, before, I want to talk talk about Mariota and the quarterback situation to wrap it up for a good bit. But before we talk about that, Tyler Algier, who I mentioned running the ball was pretty bad. This isn't all his fault, but he had three catches for negative 17 yards. His longest reception was negative five yards. Um, and that, that really isn't – it was mostly Mariota's fault, honestly, because Mariota was just – they were just swarmed in the backfield and he would just give the ball to him real quick and he would just get smothered immediately. Um, so that that was just kind of – it's a hilarious stat line. Um, three catches, negative 17. That's hard to do. <laughs> but, yeah, it was just kind of – Kind of a good synopsis of how bad the passing game was with just that stat line. Uh, so so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let you have the opening statement on Mariota and the state of the quarterback situation. So you can, uh, you can go first on this one. Yeah. Mariota got turned into a meme on Thursday. Uh, you know, that one, that one pass where he was turning on the ground, like his head and shoulders were on the ground and he was throwing it straight up in the air. That, I don't even know what he was doing, man. He was running for his life the entire game, and he—it's like he refuses to throw the ball away. Sometimes he would just take these yeah. long sacks that could have been avoided. And um, yeah, dude, get him out of here, man. I—I'm <laughs> sick of looking at him, watching him play. I mean, <laughs> it's nice to have that dynamic, you know, using his legs and everything. But I mean, his arm is so bad and so weak on, on the deep passes. There's there's no chance he overthrows you. Every time it seems like pits can't pits can't get open, and a lot of that's on Mariota, man. It's just it's rough to see, and I'm ready to see what Ritter's got. We we've got a pretty easy schedule coming up. We I think we say this every week, <laughs> easy schedule coming up. I I think it's time to see what you got in in Desmond Ritter. I mean, it's time. Yeah, and no, excuse my dogs barking in the background if uh, you can hear that, but um, I agree with you 100. He just some of the decision making was horrid. I mean, you mentioned the the throw on his back where he was falling over. It got picked up and ended up not counting because he was down. Um, which I I think that saved him a little bit more embarrassment there because that was just like what like what are you doing? Like, he, why he are you still Patrick trying to Mahomes, make a play? Man. Yeah, he was <laughs> like he was not taking no for an answer. Like he was trying to make a play at all cost. And um he's just not that kind of quarterback. He's not got that skill level. Um I mean there are plenty of interceptable passes that the Panthers just dropped in this game too, that he was just trying to force something. It didn't work. There was that one play where he didn't throw the ball into coverage, but instead of throwing the ball away, he ran out of bounds uh, five yards behind the line of scrimmage to take them out of field goal range, which was probably yep. maybe the worst play of the game. Just, just costing the team three points right there. Um, but yeah, he, he was awful. And I, I think I kind of gave him a little bit of credit last week of how he, you know, how we not even credit really, but just how he can't be, bad enough to lose the job probably <laughs> just because of how little we throw the ball um he threw the ball 30 times this game which is a lot more than we usually throw and a lot of that is a result of being down but he completely proved me wrong he was way more than bad enough to lose his job and 
Um, I agree with you 100%. It's Ritter time. You have to see what you got uh, with this guy. Um, you know, I think I said during the game that he should come in during this Panthers game. Um, I'm not going to kill them for not doing that just because you might want to get like a whole game plan uh, surrounded have a full week of practice of him getting the starting reps and all that. So I understand not doing it during this game, but um, I, I think there's no excuse that he's not the starter next week against the Bears. I mean, you have kind yeah. of this mini buy with the Thursday night game, so you got a lot more time to prepare. Um, I haven't seen any reports. It is only Monday, so there hasn't been any reports of him like taking the starting reps of practice or anything like that. But um, yeah, I think um, we can talk about the playoff stuff prediction or not predictions, um, projections in a second, but. I think the playoff ship has kind of sailed. I don't know how you feel about that, but I think the Bucks, them winning the past two weeks also have kind of killed the Falcons' chances. So I don't think it's time to be playing for any goals within this season anymore. You have to see what you have in Ritter right now because Mariota has not – like it's not like Mariota played all right and they lost. He played just downright awful. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of amazing that we had a chance with two minutes left in the game to to, to, to still win it. Um, yeah, and it's worth saying that we haven't said this yet, but the Panthers are terrible. They're, they're an awful team. So it's it's yeah, yeah. it's. I like think Mariota got I got moved down in uh, Big Cat's uh, tier rankings of QBs. I think he got moved into the trying to make a play category. Um, oh, I was surprised he's not in the hell category now. <laughs> well, he might be, but he's <laughs> he always looks like he's trying to make a play. I mean, he he was running he for tries. his life on Thursday. He's, he was trying to make plays. I can you can give him that. <laughs> he was attempting. It doesn't mean he was doing it, but he was trying. Yeah, um, I, I honestly expected more. Um, you know, with the weather being so bad, I expected more. Uh, you know, rushing. I, I I expected a little bit better rushing approach, but like you said, the game plan fell fell right out of uh, right out of um, order when we went down to nothing uh, immediately. And so, our defense has has got to do better. I know we're still banged up, but I mean, the Panthers, man, they just you make PJ Walker look, look somewhat decent and, and Deontay Foreman again had a really good game against us. That's back-to-back games. Um, yeah. He had a, yeah, he, yeah. he did. I didn't realize how he ended up with 130 yards. Um, yeah. He, he really got us in that one again. Um, not as bad as the first game. He only had one touchdown this game, but yeah, yeah, still not, not good. Uh, so before we wrap up the Falcons talk, we can, uh, I can read off the uh, current playoff projections for them off of 538. Uh, they have them all the way down to a 15% chance to make the playoffs and a 10% to win the division. And the Bucks are all the way up to 83 to make the playoffs and 81 to win the division. So uh, two weeks ago when we talked about it, it was both teams were like identical, like 45 to win the division. Now it's like a huge discrepancy. The Bucks are now overwhelming favorites. And that's what happens when uh, you lose two in a row and they win two in a row. Uh, so do you think there's, I mean, they're not, I mean, they're, they're obviously have a chance. Like if they were to somehow win their next three games, go to the by seven and six, they have a chance for sure. But um, I don't think anyone envisions that with the way that they're playing right now. So what do you think about the overall playoff chances? If there even is any anymore? Yeah, I don't really like them. I mean, you, you practically have to win out here because you got to beat the bucks. You got to beat the yeah, bucks gotta, one more time. Yeah, that, that's, that's gotta happen. And also, we lost to the Saints earlier in the year. I'm not worried really about the Saints at this point. Um, it's oh, just no. really the Bucks. Uh, you know, I could see the Bucks sneaking in the playoffs at eight and nine, and and still going to an NFC Championship. They just have that roster. Um, they're getting hot, like you, as you said, two games in a row. Um, you know, Brady's two and zero since the divorce uh, was official. So yeah. watch out for him. He's on a revenge tour. Yeah, the NFC is just so weird that 
it wouldn't shock anybody if the Bucks just won a couple playoff games and were in the NFC Championship. I mean, yeah. So that sucks. Um, I hope that doesn't happen. Hope someone can take them up. But yeah, I don't. I don't think they're not gonna make the playoffs. I mean, you don't lose a team that loses to the Panthers by ten points doesn't make the playoffs. They shouldn't at least. So I just I don't think so. Unless the caveat is if they do play Desmond Ritter and he's awesome, that that could happen. But I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't bank on that necessarily. I mean, I, I hope I hope they give him a chance. I mean, that's even up in the air if they're even going to give him a chance. But um, banking on him just coming in right out of the gate and being great, um, it's not possible, but definitely not likely. So uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think I'm. I think you can agree with me that if we don't see Ritter next week, we're not going to be happy. So uh, hopefully, that's my that's my goal from here on out. Should Desmond Ritter to play, to see how he looks, to know have some sort of feeling on what you got heading into next season and beyond. So, uh, yeah, you got any uh, final thoughts on the Falcons for moving to the Hawks? No, I'm I'm with you 100%. See what we got. Yeah. All right. So, um, talk about the Hawks now. Like I mentioned earlier, didn't have a great week like they did last week. Uh, they only played three games, though. They went one and two. Uh, they lost to the Jazz in the first game. And uh, we talked about this kind of previewing in the last episode, but the Jazz are – pretty good surprisingly mm-hmm. um and they played pretty good in this game they beat the hawks 125 to 119 they absolutely scorched them um on offensively the hawks defense was really bad in this game they gave up 40 points in the fourth quarter lost that quarter by 11 points after winning the game heading into the, the final quarter um lori markinen was the super villain of this one which is just funny to say, um, but he can shoot it. And he shot in this game, six of eight from three. He had 32 points on um, Jordan Clarkson, who I feel like every time the Hawks play the jazz, he just destroys us. He had a pretty solid game with 23 points, but yeah, the, the Falcons, not the Falcons, the Hawks gave up 17 threes on 39 attempts. That's pretty much 44%. That's not a number you like. Um, so yeah, what were your thoughts on this one? It was a game that they definitely had a chance in, but the defense just failed them tremendously. Yeah, our, our second unit was awful. Um, our everyone on our bench was in the negative except for uh, I think Justin Holiday. Um, Aaron, yeah, Aaron Holiday is plus Aaron four. Holiday. Yeah, yeah. Our, our bench guys absolutely. Minutes. Yeah, yeah. And then also, if you look at the three point percentage, Utah forty three point six percent, Atlanta twenty eight point six percent from three. I mean, our three point shooting and our efficiency has been awful this year, and we really need Bogey back. And you know, I. It, it, Losing Kevin Herter hurts, man, and and we got to start shooting the he three is better. Awesome this year so far. Yeah, yeah, which hurts. Um, yeah, for sure. And um, I was talking about this a little bit later, just Trey Young season in general, but his numbers, his shooting numbers are just pretty bad. And um, yeah, I mean the offense wasn't terrible in this game though. I mean they scored 119 points, but the three ball wasn't going down. Um, they take just so many twos and. Product of that, um, another thing we need to talk about this week is they just have kind of gone away from AJ Griffin a little bit, which. You know, with this lack of three-point shooting, it seems like something you shouldn't do. I think he played like exactly 10 minutes in all three of these games, which is just not enough. He didn't shoot the ball well in this game in his small sample. um, One of five from the field, one of four from three. But, I mean, it's just only 10 minutes. It's hard to take much away from that. But um, we'll talk about it later. But he didn't come until the fourth quarter in that last game against the Sixers, which was pretty pretty surprising. But we can move on to the next game, um, which was the first of uh, back-to-back against Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia is a good team. They don't have the best record to start the season, but um, they're without James Harden right now. He's out for like a couple months, I think. So um, they are just with Joel Embiid right now. He's kind of carrying them. And um, hold on, can you hear this? 
Okay, never no. mind. There's some ad playing in my headphones so loud. I was just wondering if it was coming on your end too. <laughs> um, but yeah, they had the Sixers in this game. Like I said, with, uh, without James Harden, Joel Embiid's kind of carrying them right now, but they won this one 104 95. Uh, this was kind of a defensive first win after um, the last game was a defensive loss. Uh, DeJounte Murray didn't have the best game of the world in this one, which um, was probably, he's probably due for one of those after just being out of his mind for the past few games. He only had 10 points and didn't shoot the ball very well. But uh, Clint Capella had another huge game. Um, 18 points, 20 rebounds. I think I saw those his third 15 and 15 game of the season, which is yeah. pretty wild. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, you can get into this one a little bit. Uh, what'd you think of this first one against the uh Sixers? They're only one of the week, which kind of sucks. Yeah, it was dominant, very low scoring first half. Um, Capella was awesome. Um, after this game, his last four, he was he's averaging 14.7 points, 17 and a half rebounds. Nine of those are offensive rebounds. And uh, almost two blocks a game, so he has been he has been back, man. Like he looks he yeah. looks like he's in peak form. Yeah, for sure. And um, especially like offensively, he's looking a little bit better. He can be very frustrating at times with just his um touch around the rim of him not being able to put back those easy bunnies. Um, and he's just like sometimes he refuses to pitch it back out after an offensive rebound. But he has just been great. Um, I think I saw a quote from him that says that his body feels as good as it's ever been. And you can kind of tell with the way he's playing. I mean, he's been awesome. He's mm-hmm. he's always been good defensively. I think kind of underrated in my opinion uh, for some Hawks fans that kind of got fed up with him, which I can understand how it can be frustrating, but he's always good defensively. And when he's getting offensive rebounds and scoring like he is these days, it's um it's a huge plus. Uh, so yeah, he was great in this one. Um, in the fourth quarter though, the, the Hawks kind of let the Sixers back into it. They led by 20, as many as 20 in the fourth, but uh, the Sixers got down to a seven-point lead, so things got kind of scary there at the end, but they were able to hang on in, uh, in this one, which was uh, definitely good because they would have blown that. This was the same night as the Falcons game, so it could have been a bad night if they would have blown a 20-point lead to the Sixers, but they didn't. They they hung on, ended up winning by nine points, so uh, that was definitely a good result there. So we can move on to the final game against the Sixers this week, which was a loss where they kind of – they got dominated in the first half. They were able to make it a game in the second half, but they just kind of got into uh, way too big of a hole in the first half. They trailed by 16 after the first half in this one. But, um, you know, getting in a hole that big in this game was just never going to work. Uh, they kind of seems like they've kind of been getting in holes a little bit all season, but this was the one that they couldn't really get out of. So uh, what do you got on this one? Yeah, first the first quarter we got smacked around, and then we actually outscored them the rest of – the rest of the way, which was yeah. kind of frustrating. Um, they just got themselves in a hole, like you said. No no answer for Embiid, who had, I think, yeah, Embiid had 42 that night. And so he was just, he was nasty, man. He's so good. Yeah, he had 59 last night, too, against, um, I think it was wow. the Jazz. I think he had 59 and 15 or something ridiculous. He was like the first, he had eight blocks or something. It was something absurd. Yeah, um, he's he's disgusting. Yeah, so he's, he's really good. And that's just going to kind of happen to you sometimes, but... um. Yeah, the one thing that was that I really just circled in this game was the AJ Griffin thing of him not coming until the fourth quarter, which I thought was a mistake, especially when um you were down in this game so early you need to kind of cook up offense. The, the fact they waited that long, um, and he actually played good this game. When he got to the game, he um ended up making some shots, which they really needed. He had nine points and made both of his threes. So, what do you think of the lack of Griffin, especially with just the um overall bad three-point shooting, which they were bad in this game. They were 6 of 24 from three in this one. 
Yeah, I, I can't stand it. They shot 25% again uh, in, in the final game against the Sixers. Um, per 36 minutes, A.J. Griffin's averaging 20.5 points, four and a half rebounds, two steals, and 51% uh, from the field, 46% from three. I mean, I, I really don't understand Nate McMillan. He's very frustrating when it comes to playing younger players and rookies, and I just I just don't get it. I mean, you draft these guys for, for a reason. Um, I think A.J. Griffin shot 48% in college from three. I mean, you're, you're, you're just – I just don't I just don't understand it. You need to get this guy minutes. He's been unreal. So, you know, you, yeah, that's, that's the only way you're going to get better. That's the only way you're going to know, you know, who who who's here to stay. And, and like, you know, I just don't get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that 100 percent. I mean, it kind of looked like he was coming around on just playing the younger guys last week with how much, um, especially in that Bucks game where he just let AJ and Jalen Johnson just have at it when they were playing well. And I mean, some of that is them just not playing as well as they were. I mean, because they were just kind of, I mean, AJ Griffin was out of his mind that game. Um, but Jalen Johnson has definitely taken a step back this week. He's just been up and down all year. Some consistency yeah. out of him would be great. But um, yeah, the Griffin thing, it's this one didn't make sense at all just because you needed to juice the offense because you were down by so many. And um, when he came in, he did. He did just that. He made some big threes and the Hawks were able to get pretty close in this game. They got down to seven points in the fourth quarter. Um, so he gave you the juice on offense and like I understood last year with um, not playing Jalen Johnson a ton. I mean, he spent majority of the season in the G league, um, but there just wasn't really a role for Jalen last year with between Collins and Gallinari was still on the team and the and Capella. They're kind of set um, in the, in the front court. So I kind of understood that, but Griffin has a clear role on this team. Like, he, they they need shooting and he shoots the ball. I mean, he shot the ball and it's a small smaller sample than most guys, but he shot the ball better than anybody on the team this year so far, really, yeah. especially from three. So yeah, I just you got to get him in the game. If that means sacrificing minutes from one of the holiday bros, I get it. You're giving up a little bit defensively on that, but when you're struggling this much from three, you gotta you you, you gotta try it. I mean, you, you we not even try. It. They've tried it and it's worked, and he's just not going back to it, which is just very frustrating. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 uh it's weird. It's just weird. It's kind of just opposite because last week we were giving Nate some credit, and he just took it all back this week. It's really weird. Um. So yeah, before uh, we move on with the Hawks with the Hawks stuff and talk about some Braves, I do want to talk about Trey Young. We haven't mentioned this episode, I don't think. Um, just kind of talk about his season as a whole. He hasn't been great. Um, still, only twelve games in, so there is time for him to turn around. But um, he is just having a rough time shooting the ball this year. All of his numbers are down. Yeah, he's a uh, shooting thirty-eight percent from the field, which is just not good. Obviously, only thirty percent from three. He's still averaging twenty-seven points, but um, just not very efficiently, which is definitely hurting the offense. And he's he's part of this three-point struggle too, as um, he just hasn't been able to get it going so far this year shooting. So. What have you thought of Trey? I know we, uh, we've we talked about a little bit how he struggled, but I think we should actually get deep into it and just kind of try to see what's going on here. So uh, what do you think is going on with him? Because it's just not good. Yeah, I mean, the pick and roll game is still there. He hasn't lost that. It, it's really just trying to get used to having another star on the floor with you. I mean, you know, he, he was kind of getting in the groove um, uh, the first time we played the Bucks, and then he got hit in the eye. And that kind yeah. of derailed him, I think. And he really hasn't been the same since he got hit in the eye. Um, he's just really struggling from three. I mean, that's a strong suit. Um, you know, like I said, the pick and roll is is still there. Capella, he's getting Capella going. He's 
he's spreading the love a little bit, but I just, I don't know if he needs to be a little less selfish with the ball sometimes, um, you know, cause he's just not shooting it efficiently. I mean, it'll come around. I, I, I'm not, you know, right in the ship on Trey Young. I mean, he's going to return back to form and it's, it's just going to take some time. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about him at all. So, I mean, it's just, it's just a rough start for him. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm worried about him either. I think it's just definitely notable. Um, but you know, he's funny enough. He's taken less threes than he did last year. Um, which is just kind of a theme with the whole team, just not taking enough threes, but you know, making 8.6 field goals a game on 22.7 attempts uh, compared to 9.4 last year on 20.3 attempts. That's a, doesn't seem like a big difference on paper right there, but when you really get into the box scores and watching the games, it's um, it makes a difference. And you know, his inefficiency has just not um not helped this team at all. And that's that goes without saying. He's Trey Young. He's the best part of the team. You know, even with the addition of Murray, the offense still runs through him. He is the guy. And I mean, even assist wise. His um assist rates down too. Um, it's down to thirty nine point six percent, which would be a career low. Um, in comparison, last year was forty six point seven percent, which led the NBA. So even that's down a little bit. I'm just gonna chalk it up to just a rough start overall. He has had that. He did miss that game with the shin injury, so I don't even know how much that might be bothering him. Um, but I'm with you. I'm not worried about Trey, um, long term at all. It's just a rough start, and um, I mean the team is still eight and five. They have a good record despite. Um, all the like, I feel like we've done a lot of complaining this episode, but the team's still eight and five. So, yeah. Um, so I guess there's not that much to complain about in reality because they're still um, record wise are pretty good, but there's still definitely some questions. And um, yeah, they're they're playing well in the hole. It's just kind of just a frustrating week in general. Uh, so um, I know tonight they have another game against the Bucks, which they've just played the Bucks so much. I don't know why they had to play them three times in the first thirteen games or whatever. That's pretty wild, but um. Yeah, they got that one tonight, which is to be a pretty big one. Uh, so you got any final thoughts on uh, the Hawks where we wrap things up with the Braves? No, I don't. I'm just, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully the refs play a, a fair game tonight uh, and I don't have to watch Giannis take 20 free throws tonight. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on that. He's going to be at the line a good bit, I'd imagine. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that uh, that'll be something to watch for for sure. So we can um, move on to the Braves who made some moves. Um, not nothing, nothing crazy, but they made moves. Um, you actually had some breaking news last week, which we didn't get to talk about in detail when you broke the news at the right into the episode about Jake Odorizzi. But, um, yeah, the Odorizzi thing was something that um, was definitely going to have to be decided like right when it did because he had to opt in, opt in or opt out to in his contract before Thursday. So on Wednesday night, he opted into his contract, which is $12.5 million. Uh, if you would have opted out, the Braves would have had to pay him a six and a half million dollar buyout, I believe. So it was a really, he had a really weird contract. Um, I think that was part of the reason the Astros just kind of gave him away for Will Smith. Um, but he opted in to the 12 and a half million and the Braves just said, Nope, <laughs> we do not want you around. Um, so they traded him to the Rangers for Colby Allard, former uh, Braves prospect. And they also sent $10 million to the Rangers. So, um, the Braves, uh, the Rangers only have to pay two and a half million for Odorizzi's services next year, and the Braves are eating ten million to get rid of him. Um, and uh, Colby Allard, who they're getting back, Anthopoulos said that he's going to be in competition to be the fifth starter. I, I could not imagine him being the fifth starter on this team. Um, no disrespect, but Colby Allard has been terrible since he's been in the majors with the Rangers. I believe he was part of the Chris Martin trade. So, um, yeah, I know we didn't get to talk about it in detail. So, what are your overall thoughts on this one? 
Yeah, I mean, just a little salary dump. I mean, I think the Braves saved $2.5 million, nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that $2.5 million, we just, uh, you know, we just gave it to our guy, Jesse Chavez. We can talk about that now. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, nothing nothing too crazy. Yeah, just um, they just didn't want um, Odorizzi clogging up that fifth starter role. And I think they just really wanted to get him out of the way and give way to the, some of the younger guys because they got a lot of options for number five starter mm-hmm. between yeah. Muller, Elder, Ian Anderson, um, Mike Soroka is going to be in the mix, I imagine, because he's healthy now. And I'm sure they're going to want to give at least give him a shot. So yeah, uh, you they, forgot uh, you forgot Jake Degrom, yeah, him too. Oh yeah, and yeah, and that guy, and Carlos Rodon too is a six starter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, they uh, I think that's just really just clearing the way for some of the younger guys. And um, Odorizzi notably was pretty bad with the Braves. So thanks for your services, Jake. Um, and yeah, we can move on from there. And you mentioned uh, the legend. The God Jesse Chavez is back on a, a minor league contract. Um, he's getting 1.2 million if he makes the team. Um, I, I'm fine with it. Love me some Jesse Chavez. He's a legend. Um, he was pretty good last year again with when he's with the Braves <laughs> at least. So if he can keep that going and just be just be solid when he comes in, um, I'm fine with this. So what do you think about uh my man Jesse? Yeah, I love it, man. He's been so good for the Braves and so bad for every other team he's played on. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I love it. Let's go. Run it back. Yeah, so that, that was that was nice to see. And then um probably the most notable news that came out of this week was they signed Nick Anderson to a extremely cheap contract. It's pretty it's pretty much the league minimum. Um minor uh, yeah, it's a minor league deal. Uh he'll make eight hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars if he's in the majors, which is the, the minimum, and um hundred and eighty-five thousand if he's in the minors. Uh but I want to pull up his page real quick. He was with the with the Rays. He didn't pitch at all last year, and he only pitched, I believe, like six innings in 2021. So he pretty much hasn't pitched in two years. But when he did pitch last, he was pretty good. Not even pretty good. He was very good. Um, so I'm pulling up his baseball reference right now. But um, his last season, it was the COVID year. But in that year, he had a .55 ERA, 0.55. At over 16 innings, he had 26 strikeouts in those innings, a 1.35 FIP, which is very good. Um, but that was two years ago, and that was the COVID year. He was also good in 2019 when he got to the Rays. So I think the Rays saw something in him, got a little bit of magic out of him. Um, I think he, the one thing about him that he is kind of most known for being the guy that replaced Blake Snell in Game Six of the World Series, that uh, controversial move, and he kind of blew the World Series for the Rays. I think that's what he's. That might be his legacy, unless he does something crazy with the Braves, which kind of sucks for him. Um, but what do you think of this deal? It's just kind of a lottery ticket, really, and a guy that was pretty good or not pretty good. He was really good two years ago. Yeah, exactly. It's a lottery pick. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're giving them uh, almost a million dollars for, for the opportunity to, to make the roster. I mean, he was very good with the Rays in in 19 and 20, as you said, um, I like it. I mean, you're, you're letting them go out there and, you know, I don't know. Has, has he been injured the last couple of years? Is that what it is? Yeah, I don't know what it was exactly. If it was Tommy John or what, I'm assuming it's something of that nature, some arm injury. I I, I know for sure it's either his elbow or shoulder, uh, which is common with pitchers. But yeah, it's a uh, yeah. I don't know exactly what it was, but definitely something serious to be out for pretty much two years because he only pitched yeah. six innings in 2021. Yeah, um, I like it. He he was nasty with the Rays. I remember him, and so you know you're kind of just taking a chance and see what you got in him. I like it. Yeah, for sure, and um, that's. No, no big, big deals for the Braves yet. No really big deals in general in baseball. I mean, I know some guys have gone back to their old teams like Kershaw signed with the Dodgers. 
Edwin Diaz went back to the Mets, but other than that, no one's really done anything. So I don't know when the ball is going to drop or when stuff's going to happen or when some of the big dogs are going to sign. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's uh, all we got signing wise for the Braves. But I know, I know that you're fired up about a. I don't even know. I don't even want to call it a rumor because I don't even think it's a true rumor. I think it's just some BS made out of thin air. But I know you uh, want to talk about it, so you can uh, tee up on that one. <laughs> Yeah, Matt Matt Vaskersian on MLB Network is a bozo. He um, <laughs> this is twice now in the in the past two days where he has claimed that there is tension um with Ronald Acuna's contract, and um, you know the the deal that Dansby might sign. Like he's saying, if if Dansby signs a big deal, you know, in the in the six you know six seven figures for uh, you know, close to two hundred million, that it's going to create a a problem with Acuna's contract. Um, we all know that we got Acuna for cheap. You know, he signed it. Like we were obviously still taking a risk, but to say that, that Acuna will be upset um, with, with Dansby signing a, a bigger deal when, you know, Acuna's better. I, I think that's just blasphemy. I think, you know, it's starting these rumors. I don't know if he has connections or not, but this is, this is ridiculous, man. Like, to, just to say that, that there will be tension, you know, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. And just like predicting tension is just, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like why, why would you predict tension? That's just kind of a silly thing in general. And like, there's like, there's holes all over his point. I mean, the Braves have already signed multiple guys for more money than Acuna. They've already signed Matt Olson before he even played an inning for the Braves for more money than Acuna. They signed Austin Riley for a lot more money. They signed even Spencer Strider for more money. Um, so yeah, it's, um, I don't, I don't think there that's true at all. And I, I, I think we're talking about this before we recorded, but there was some random Twitter account that was saying that Acuna was going to get traded and that the Braves are fielding offers for him. I, I, I can't imagine that that's the case at all. Um, if that is the case, the Braves, if the, if Acuna went to the Braves and said, I'm not, I don't like my contract and I want to trade if you don't give me more money. I if I'm the Braves, I'm opening up his contract and giving him more money. You can't let Ronald Acuna walk away. I don't think that's the case at all. But that was kind of the thing when um the Braves signed this deal with Acuna that there is a possibility of them opening up the contract later down the road and uh giving him some more money. But I don't think that's the case. Especially we all know Ronald kind of had a rough year um with his first year back from the ACL injury. So and I think that's kind of the case in point of why Acuna signed this deal. You know, because I don't think this will be the case at all. I think Ronald's going to bounce back and be really good next year. But, you know, you saw how that injury affected him. He's already missed. He missed half the year in 2021. He only played 119 games last year and just wasn't um, his full self. So that kind of proves why he signed that deal, locking in that money, because nothing is certain. So I don't. Yeah, I'm with you. It's just kind of silly. I think, um, like I just mentioned, no one's really signed. And I think MLB Network needs something to talk about and saying Rod Acuna might get traded will definitely get you some clicks. And I kind of think that was the case here uh, for sure. So no doubt. Um, yeah. Yeah. You got any uh, more thoughts on that one? Cause I think, I think I, I got all my takes off on it. Yeah. I agree with you. It's, it's ridiculous. If, if you're worth more money, prove it, like be out yeah, there. This will not, this no. would not be the year Acuna's like, Hey, I'm out of my contract now. I mean, he had kind of not a bad year, but a kind of a bad year for his standards. You know, right. if Ronald, if Ronald went out and won the MVP last year and hit 50 homers, like an Aaron Judge year, then he went to the Braves like, hey, time to open this thing back up. 
I yeah. would get it, but I, I can't, like, I don't think that's the case at all. And there've already been like, I, I know Acuna's over in, um, I think he's in the DR playing in the winter league right now. Like, I don't think his, there's nothing going on. Like he's playing baseball in the winter league. He's not over here. Just, um, just begging the Braves for money or saying he wants to get traded. Like he's, I think it's just for clicks and people are just trying to get some reactions out of people. That's really all I got on that one. That's just kind of, that's how it is with baseball off seasons when it's slow, things like this get talked about a little yeah. bit much more than they should. And you no know, vast, vast version. That kind of surprised me for him because he's a big time, like he's just, he's an announcer. Like he's like, it's not just some Joe Schmo on OMB network. He's a big time dude. I don't know why he's, Kind of throwing this out to you here because I don't even think he is. He's not a type of guy that would even have connections. He's a announcer. Maybe like if Chip Carey was breaking news about Jacob Degrom or something like it. <laughs> it's he's not he's not Jeff Passan. You know, if Jeff Passan said this, I'd be worried. But it's not Jeff Passan. So yeah, yeah. So um, I think we covered it all. Um, um all three all three teams here. Um, hopefully next week we got some more brace to talk about. Maybe some kind of domino will fall. Um, I don't. I don't think it'll be a shortstop, but maybe just something. They do something. I know the Rule Five draft is coming up, and I think you have to have the guys on the forty-man roster by tomorrow that you don't want to get drafted. So the Braves might be making a trade to get rid of some guys to make some room on the forty-man roster. So that might be something to talk about. Um, but uh, other than that, you got any final thoughts on uh, anything? Anything you want to sign off with? Yeah, I want to shout out uh, some some Braves awards finalists. Um, oh, we got yeah. Michael Harris, Michael Harris, and Spencer Strider for the Rookie of the Year. Um, you know, that could go either way. I could see either one of those. I could see a co uh, rookie of the year. Um, also, we got Brian Snicker, manager of the year nominee. I don't know if he's going to win that. I think Showalter has a good shot. Yeah, um, I, think he, I think Buck will win it. Yeah. And, 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 and then finally, we got Max Freed as the NL Cy Young nominee. Um, once again, I think I think Alcantara's got that one in the bag, but still a, a, an awesome um you know, awesome group of a uh, finalists right there. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I totally forgot about it. Honestly, I don't know. They probably should announce that stuff by now. I mean, the season's been over for like two weeks. So yeah, announce it. that's kind of weird. But um, yeah, glad you mentioned it. Um, I think Harris will probably win. I think that's my pick. I think he should win. Uh, for being honest, I love Strider. Something against him, Harris was just awesome. But um, yeah, if they wanted to split the vote and be co rookies of the year, that would be awesome. I don't know if that's it, ever even happened, but that'd be great. And um, I thought it was cool that Max got to be a finalist for the Cy Young. I wasn't sure if he was going to make the final three, but that's pretty cool. Um, I don't think Sandy's definitely going to win it, but it's cool that he's going to be in the mix there. And um, also, uh, Freed won a gold glove and Dansby won a gold glove. We, I don't think we mentioned that either. So, uh, shout out to him. There was some, I thought that Dansby had a chance to win the platinum glove, but Arenado won it. So, that's not very shocking, but I thought he was at least in the mix, which is pretty impressive. Uh, so yeah, who's your rookie of the year pick? You think they're gonna split it, or you got Harris or Strider? As bad as I want them to split it, I think I got Harris. I think yeah. he was. I think he was just lights out. I think he was awesome defensively, offensively. You know, hitting close to three hundred. He really provided that spark when when we we called him up immediately. So I, I think I, my pick is Harris. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And um, speaking of Harris, he wasn't a finalist for the Gold Glove, which got had some people up in arms, which I agree with because he definitely should have been a finalist. Um, I know Trent Grisham won it, which I'd have been I'd have been fine if Grisham won it over him, but him not being a finalist is ridiculous. And I know Juan Soto was a finalist. It was in right field, but he was still a finalist, and he was like yeah, the worst defensive outfielder last year, which is <laughs> those Gold Gloves are kind of silly, but um, the way they they decide them, but. Yeah, good good for Dansby. And I think Free just went his third in a row, which is pretty impressive. So Max Free, Gold Glove winner, and got the Cy Young votes in the bag. 
definitely get them some money in arbitration. Oh yeah. Talk, bring that up in negotiations. So um, good for them. Um, you know, Dan, Dansby might not be a break, but still good for him for sure. So uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think we covered it all. Good thing you brought that up. Cause I totally forgot about those. Just, they've been announced so long ago. And it's like, why don't you just tell me who won yet? And I don't know what they're waiting for. Uh, exactly. But uh, anyway, so yeah, if you uh, made it this far listening, I really, really appreciate it. And uh, we will be back next week with another episode. Thank you.